Okay, you ready? I'm ready. I'm focused. <clears throat> See, somehow I don't believe we are because we keep on getting sidetracked. Mm-hmm. It's a superpower. Hello, and welcome to Saving People, Queering Things, the supernatural podcast where, that's right, the wild boys have become the cops. Today, we're pulling up to a super special bonus episode where we break down the highs and lows of Supernatural's starting era as marked by Eric Kripke's departure as showrunner. I'm your host Noah, pronouns he, him, and my co-host today is a multi-talented returning fan favorite guest star, Driver Picks the Podcast co-star, Jamie. I feel like you said star too many times in that star one sentence. way too many times, but you know Yeah, what? like... Come on, who wrote that? Like, not important. I'm gonna be in my trailer until that intro gets rewritten. Okay, you know what? I'll put star in all caps. That better? Okay, yeah, that's better. Okay. If I'm star in all caps, that's acceptable. I am Jamie. I am a co-host <laughs> of Driver Picks the Podcast, the show where we accidentally named our podcast the same thing as Saving People Queering Things before the rebrand. <laughs> I'm a first-time viewer, sort of we're documenting my progress of watching Supernatural as a super hit. Uh, as a supernatural hater, while my friend Beth is the guide of the podcast, the fan, the veteran, um, and I say things and she has to deal with the consequences and it's a great time for me specifically. And that's all we look for in a podcast, really. Exactly. If you're not tormenting your friends, then what are you doing? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's the whole point is you have to be making yeah. fun. You don't have to be making yeah. uh, making jokes. Mm-hmm. Oh, we also have a leverage podcast, but that's less relevant to this. But it's still worth noting because you yeah. know, running multiple podcasts is impressive. Well, so for today's topic, this special bonus episode is a look back on the first five seasons of the show as interpreted by two first-time viewers. I'm reading your notes and the way you've written that looks like Eric Kripke was also a first-time viewer. And that's why I paused. What am I trying to say here? But it worked out. Eric Kripke, as listeners likely know, moved on as primary showrunner after the fifth season. We today are here to pass judgment on his efforts. Ooh, does that mean we get to be judge, jury, and executioner? Absolutely, yes. Okay, lovely. Emphasis on the executioner. Exactly. I'm a big fan of the guillotine. Mm. Mm. But Kripke jump-started the show. He set our hearts afire. But what were your high points? What were your low points? We've got lots of hits but also plenty of misses. So let's get into it. Let's get started. All right. What better way than to compare all five seasons back to back? Which one do we prefer? Is there one that stood out to you above the rest, Jamie? Not really, because it's sort of like, like I definitely think that the quality like overall improved in seasons four and five, but they still certainly made choices that I was like not on board with. I was like, mm. very, very true. Did you really have to do that? And I also just think like, it's it's really hard because like as a whole, like I didn't like season three that much. Like I think the the mm. season as a whole is really like, it's quite repetitive. It, it doesn't feel very well paced, but like mm. some episodes in season three are genuinely some of the best of the show. Like if that makes, like of the first yeah. five seasons in se- like, like mystery spot fucking slaps. God. Like you've got bad day at Black Rock, which I really enjoyed. Like, there are, there are lots of episodes in season three that I actually really, really enjoyed comparatively to my sort of normal level of dislike for Supernatural. Like I actually even kind of liked them. So it's sort of like it's really hard because it's like on the one hand, if I'm just going by like, oh, well, what were my highlights of the first five seasons, then I'd be leaning towards season three. But like as a whole, I also think that season three was kind of, bad so it's like at what point do like the whole is greater than some of its parts like you know what I mean like how many top-notch episodes would season three have to have in order to be the best to overcome the fact that the overall plot of season three is actually not it yeah it's definitely weaker you can feel them ramping up to something by the end you know but that and then they completely pivoted so we didn't find out what that was anyway exactly (laughs) and then we got cast and the show got better instantly so exactly like cast was on the screen and you're like oh yeah no this is better yeah absolutely it was kind of wild how different it is you know the whole vibe (laughs) it just takes a turn and it's like yeah so now it's a gay show and we're not gonna talk about it but no we love it you're gonna know, but we're just not gonna say it. <laughs> yeah. We are going to actively hate on it, though. Apparently, mm. why would you? 
Mm. You guys made these choices. Follow through. Come on. Yeah. They're like, we're going to make this shit the gayest stuff you've ever seen and then act like surprise Pikachu when people call us <laughs> out for making it gay. Like, yeah, come on. Like, you did this. You knew. You made the decision. Literally. You could have had that in editing. Okay. But so what about villains then? Or, you know, the big bad of the season? We've got five major problems over the five seasons you know we've got yeah lucifer incarnate we've got the impending apocalypse for season four mm-hmm. dean's whole demon deal mm-hmm. and we've got alistair and then season one's big bad is john winchester i mean obviously clearly obviously. it's not azazel because no. azazel's actually a good father azazel yeah. is what i meant to put instead of alistair fuck yeah you did say alistair i'm like <laughs> i feel like you're skipping a season there mate. with my full um, chest yeah so I don't know. It's kind of hard because, like, I don't think all of the big bads are necessarily, like, big bads, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. it's more so, like, it's not about the individual character. You know, the whole Sam's, like, demon blood thing, like, yes, it was instigated and primarily, like, carried out by Azazel, but it's also kind of, like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel, like, justifiable to be, like, oh, yeah, no, this is, you know, it's it's all on Azazel. It's, like... No. He's just like a figurehead. Yeah, he's just the the front man for it. Takes mm. the fall for a lot of the stuff. Gets blamed for a lot of the problems yeah. that he mm. does cause, but he's... Whereas worth- in direct comparison, Ruby and Lilith get no bloody credit for anything <laughs> they've done. So dumb. Like, they're out here girl-bossing themselves Ruby into the sun. frustrated the hell out of me, but only because she, like, won. Like, she did... She pulled one over on the brothers, and she was a badass, yeah. and it's like, damn... That's and she's that like, that hurts. wasn't even that yeah. fucking hard. Like, what do you no, mean? It wasn't. Do you think that Zachariah watching how easily Ruby manipulated Sam got really fucking pissy? <laughs> he said, Oh, damn, really? He was is, like, that, is that easy? Like, why how the fuck did they get the easy brother to manipulate? Like, <laughs> I get that guy, the one in the I get this fucking angel. dude. Mm, damn it. And they get him. Like they just got him addicted to demon blood and it was fine. Like that was it you gave him one of the most addictive substances and I, okay congrats great wow it's, i think yeah. season four has the most strong points for me mm-hmm. between the whole meta narrative shifting mm-hmm. i mean it's just great i love it it's powerful 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 okay yeah the the repeat really was needed yeah, honestly but <laughs> yeah like i i would probably lean towards like if i had to be like oh which one is probably like the strongest as a coherent season probably season four would probably be my pick as well but it just didn't have quite as many episodes where i was like i love like well not i love this but like i like this episode you know what i mean like it yeah as a as a whole it's better but it has less individually remarkable pieces like it still had some good episodes but like it's like i'm trying to think of any episode in season four, my mind's going completely blank except for Lazarus Rising. Monster at the end of this book. True. Yeah. And Chris Angel is a douchebag is another. Because for me, tell. that was like a very average episode. It's like, oh, that's an episode. Yeah. It like, was, it's it was like a... there's nothing wrong with it. It's interesting, but it's like it's an episode. You yeah. know what I mean? I really like Monster Movie too. I did nice. really like Monster Movie. I was we went into that episode and Beth was like oh I didn't really I like I don't really like monster movie like a lot of the people in the fandom like it's kind of meh I was like watching I'm like what do you mean there's a character (laughs) named Jamie here and she's great (laughs) she kicks ass um but like you know and I really enjoyed I did really enjoy monster movie because that you know they 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 had a bit they stuck to it it made sense in narrative like yeah it was an average episode of supernatural but the vibes were really good yeah yeah I agree jump the shark was also just the fact mm. that they had a ti- an episode titled Title. Jump the Shark that See, early I, on. <laughs> I don't dis I want to be clear here. I don't dislike the episode Jump the Shark, but it does feel a bit like I feel like they call it lampshading where it's like, oh, you're using this like overused trope, but you're mm. like, you know, making fun of the fact that you're using this overused because trope and therefore it's fine. I'm like, oh, you could just not use the trope. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I, I get that you're aware that this is bad maybe you shouldn't have done it then like you know what I mean like (laughs) and I understand that like it was really plot relevant like moving forward that they had to introduce Adam because otherwise the rest of the season doesn't play out the same way but it's also kind of like like did you have to do it like that though like 
you literally were like, oh, this episode is bad because we're doing this, but it's fine because we've told you that it's bad that we're doing this. It's like, it only goes so far. Yeah. But I like, I know, but like, I wasn't a massive fan of Jump the Shark either. Like I, I didn't mind it. It was a fine episode, but like, it was sort of like, I don't know, like, I feel like maybe I'm really harsh on Supernatural episodes, but like also. As you should be. It's my God given right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I'm. It's really hard because it's like it's the sort of thing where somebody goes, oh, so what did you like and dislike about all five seasons? I'm like, this has been two years of my life. Yeah. yeah. I've forgotten every to... single thing that happened in the last two years of my life. Like, I was looking back at episodes from season one and I was like, I do not remember this. <laughs> don't. What is it? Like, okay. I sure. think my least favorite season though has to be season one. Like if I'm, if I'm looking at seasons and I'm looking at like what for me felt the, the like least enjoyable I think season one, I think part of that is I was going into it not wanting to like the show <laughs> and I still don't. So I guess I've succeeded in my mis- mission at least a little bit, but right. like, you know, I, I didn't want to like the show. And a lot of that first season is very, like, it's very same, samey. Like, cause even the yeah. overarching, like, as you mentioned earlier, the overarching villain of the plot is basically John. Like yeah. technically it's Azazel and the like demon Meg, blood plot line, yeah. but like it's John. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's kind of like that whole, like, oh, where's dad? We've got to find dad thing. And also just, I think some of the quality of episodes in season one was like really, really, really dodgy in terms of yeah. like, a, you can certainly tell that it was written in 2005, I think it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, Absolutely. yeah, damn, this is some 2005 writing. It sucks. And it's so mm-hmm. apparent that they haven't found their footing at all and haven't been able to find a voice that really matters, you know? Mm-hmm season end of season two is when they really start coming into that Mm. i feel like once you once you hit mid to late season two they're starting to have some more fun with their concepts so it's less like oh this is a dark and gritty man show for manly men and we're gonna go and hunt this big scary monster and it's all dark and depressing and we've got daddy issues because we're written by eric kripke yeah as soon as they move away from that it's so much better Mm. and i think think also it's also signified by like you meet like Ash and Joe and Ellen and like, you know, you meet Bobby and like once you start mm. getting other characters, like that's a big thing for me. Like I feel like if an episode has no recurring characters in it, I'm like, I'm, this is boring. I don't care about this. Like I, I, if, you know, if Zachariah's not there, if Meg's <laughs> not there, if Bobby's not there, if Ruby's not there, if Bella's not there, like if I don't have like a reoccurring character, even if it's like Zachariah or something, even if it's a villain, even if it's a little, like, even if it's Crowley, like, I don't care if it's a villain or not. Like, I just want someone there who actually knows about the brothers and is able to at least challenge the dynamic slightly, like, and at least mm. change it a little bit. Because I know something that a lot of people really love about the show is sort of the dynamic between Sam and Dean and, like, their, like, familial dynamic. Yeah. For me, I really like it. It's, it's not my cup of tea. I'm not that sort of person. Like, I don't have any you know, of that sort of trauma that makes me really, really relate to it. So it's really hard when it's like a lot of people really love episodes where it's like, oh, no, this is like this is the Sam and Dean show. It's just Sam and Dean on the screen for all 40 minutes. And I'm like, I'm just kind of bored. Like, I just want, give me a little flavor. Give me some lore. Check a little Zucky boy in there. She'll be right. Yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. I like that. Was there a specific character, a side character, not the brothers, that was brought to the show in this era that you really loved that I mean, is there a best character of the Kripke? I mean, I I feel like anyone who has listened to any portion of my my podcast, Driver Picks the Podcast, does know the answer to this question. And that is, Mm. I am a Meg Stan for life. I I clung on to her early on. Like, I saw her in Scarecrow. I'm like, yeah, I love this bitch. And, like, from there, it's just been, like, she's been probably my favourite character. I do think now that we've gotten, like, Crowley and Zachariah as well. They're like yeah. they're bumping their way up into the ranking. I I really love Zachariah. A lot of people looked at me like I was going insane when I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm a Zachy boy stand because he is so funny and like he's so again, he's, he's a villain. He's a little trash garbage man. But I yeah. love that for him. He deserves to be a little trash garbage man. He can do whatever he sets his mind to, except for apparently him. make a deal with this one fucking dude because <laughs> he's a baby. But I do love him very much. He's so funny. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry people made fun of you for that. You deserved uh, some support. I deserve better. Just honestly what it is. I deserve better. Like people should appreciate my love for Zach. Yeah. Also, I just, I tend to latch onto villainous characters. I don't know what Mm -hmm. that says about me as a person, but 
you know what Here you're saying are. about how you don't have that specific trauma for yeah okay it explains a lot it's fine <laughs> are you fucking roasting no. me no. no that's it i'll not at all I would Ending never find a guest like on and then roast me for them. my lack of trauma or at least my lack of daddy issues. Like, <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't talk about daddy issues and not talk about the other best character in the show this season, which is Bobby, because Bobby mm-hmm. is fucking phenomenal. He's such a hero. He's my f- favorite character from the Kripke era. Mm-hmm. To no one's surprise. I, I did have an inkling of that after uh, recording with you last week, the show, the episode over on our show, where you were like, sure. oh, no, I don't care what's going to happen to Sam and Dean. I'm just going to fixate <laughs> on exactly what's happening with Bobby's storyline. Yeah, yeah. Y'all can figure out what's happening with Sam and Dean. I'm going to figure out what's happening with Bobby and then Cass, and then uh, yeah. then we'll work our way down. And we'll, we'll work our way down, like, the character <laughs> tier list. Bobby and yeah. Cass are top-notch. Mm-hmm. Ellen and Joe and Bella were probably mm. my next tier. Mm. See, I wasn't as big of, like, I really love Bobby, but I wasn't as big a fan of Ellen and Joe. And I think that actually just solely comes down to the fact that I think they were severely underutilized. Oh, so I think yeah. we could have gotten a lot from Ellen and Joe, and then we just didn't. So it's kind yeah. of like I just didn't have the same sort of, you know, time, like the same sort of screen time to actually be able to, like, latch onto them. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think part of it was every episode that we didn't have Ellen and Joe, I would just talk about how much easier it would be if they were there. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. it'd be mm. so much easier. Fucking call them. They're there. They're a resource. They've already said they're happy to help. Like mm. All of season three, they're just gone. The, the hill that I will die on is that this entire show would have been better if Missouri was a recurring character. Oh, absolutely. She was like, such I know icon. she only appears once in the Kripke era. She's which in a single episode. Sucks. Which sucks. But if she had come back and like they left the door open, they could have brought her back. Anytime. Literally anytime. And then they just didn't. Nope. And they they have been making some more references to Rufus recently, you know, towards mm. the end of the season. He didn't show up as much, but I think he's only mm. still shown up the twice so far. Yeah, I think I think we've we've I think we've seen him twice on screen. But then we've and gotten we've phone calls. Heard from him once. There was like a phone call or something. Yeah, which was nice. I like that connection still. I love Rufus. I want to see more. Love to actually get some Rufus content. Yeah, like a Rufus Bobby episode without mm. the brothers in it at all would be great. Yeah, just who needs the main characters? It's fine. Honestly, I would love like, some side character episodes coming up, you mm. know? I just, I think that's what a show like Supernatural, one of the reasons why I sort of typically dislike shows like Supernatural and it's like kind of holding true for Supernatural is I just don't like shows that are only based around two people because the chances that you're like, here's the thing, if you, if you like latch onto one of those two people, fucking great, you know, guns away, you're fucking, you're killing it. You're living the dream. (laughs) But as soon as like, you know, it's just statistically less likely because there's fewer people to latch onto, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Whereas if you have like a more ensemble cast where you've got, you know, three or four or five characters that you could potentially choose from to be sort of your blue boy, um, it's just a lot easier. Like, you know, there's there's more chance that you're going to latch onto somebody than a show like this where if you don't really latch onto the main characters and because by the nature of it, they're like, oh, yeah, no, we don't need any support mm, systems. We're just going to do tough. it all ourselves. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, they're macho and tough and manly and shit. <laughs> wonder, wonder awesome. where that came from. Uh, same place as the daddy uh, issues, I suspect. Texas. But it's, yeah, It I just, <laughs> it gets very monotonous for me just having the two brothers, you know, and it's like, it's, I, I, I enjoy it a lot more when, like, even when we had, like, Pam in a couple of episodes, like, she was a really great one to sort of be a foil to the dynamic. Very and, much like, so, because she really let them have it, you know, both mm-hmm. barrels. She wouldn't hold back, yeah. and it was great. Or even, like, Ed and Harry in that, like, they're, mm-hmm. they're a great little, like, comedic relief side bit, like, and you just get to see, you know, how Sam and Dean actually interact with people who, you know, maybe they don't know everything, but they actually know something and they're not sort of just like these faceless people pretending to be FBI. Yeah. And that was a really long rant and I don't think it actually answered the question. But... It absolutely did because okay. we can decide it did, you know? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so we're we're just making up our own like scoring and point system. We're like, yep, check. 10 points to Jamie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then let's get started with a question from the pod squad. First up, we've got a question from Beth over at Driver Picks the Pod. 
I wonder who she is. <laughs> She's probably pretty it's cool. It's sad, though, that we have to specify which Beth in the pod squad. It is wild. We have a Beth, we have a Hannah, and sometimes we have a Hannah Beth. It's crazy. Mm. Beth says, if this had been the finale of the series, would you have found it satisfying as a conclusion? No. That's... I think we do have to assume that's without the clip of Sam yeah. showing up because I've been informed that that was only added when they found out. It that was, was an addition to yeah. be out open up season six. Even then, I still say no. Like, I don't know how you feel about the finale. We actually haven't talked about the finale yet. It's true. With each other. Like, I've talked about it with Beth. You've obviously talked about it with uh, the folks over on Saving People Queering Things. But, like, I found the finale very underwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Like, I... Like, I, I see what they did with it. I like the fact that a lot of the stuff was stuff that, like, we had speculated about that, like, you know, I basically predicted the entire <laughs> fucking episode. But I also yeah. think that it did suffer because I predicted the entire episode. So it's sort of like, oh, I, I thought this was going to happen and then it just did. And it also just didn't feel very much like, it didn't feel like a finale, you know what I mean? That's I hear that. Like, it's like we've been building up to these stakes for the last five seasons and then it was like, oh, Augusta wind blew him into a cage. But that montage, I don't know how you can look yeah. at that montage and not feel like it's a big moment, you know? See, I maybe I'm just not a fan of montages. Like <laughs> it just it felt like a montage. And that did, I will admit, that did make it feel more like a finale because you don't see montages like that outside of a finale. Typically, like that's not like an everyday episode occurrence. Yeah. But it just, I don't know, it just felt like I feel like we've been, like, they've been giving this thing stakes for five seasons. They've been, this can't happen. It's going to be so hard to undo it. Like, da-da-da-da-da, you know, Sam's been like, oh, my God, I started the apocalypse, ignoring the fact that Ruby actually technically started the apocalypse and just used Sam as a pawn to do it. Like, ignoring the fact that Dean actually technically started the apocalypse when he broke in hell. But, you know, Dean has no guilt about that, apparently, but Sam has all of this guilt about, like, killing Lilith. A thing that he did not know would be, Connected to the apocalypse. I mean, you could have seen it coming because. Yeah. There's no. But, you know, we've been building it up and, you know, like Lucifer and he's been stuck in a cage for all this time and all of this sort of stuff. And then it was kind of like, oh, well, Michael kind of tackled him, but not really. Like it looks like Michael went to hug him. He got blown over in the wind (laughs) and then Michael went to catch him and then Lucifer dragged them both down. Like it does not feel like they've actually like addressed the fact that this was meant to be like a big deal. Yeah. It doesn't feel like much of a celebration after, which also makes no. sense because they've lost Sam. So yeah. they don't want to. And I also, I hate the fact that, you know, you've got Chuck's now and like, I enjoyed Chuck's narration, but my other issue with the episode was it just, it made a lot of it sound like that's not what actually happened because of the way it's cut. It, it made the scenes where Chuck wasn't narrating feel more like, oh, this is how the story's playing out as per Chuck. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like, oh, this is how the story's playing out. It feels like, oh, this is how the story's playing out as per Chuck. This is how Chuck is telling us. Yeah, this is what yeah. Chuck's telling us is happening. This is just like the live, like, live action reenactment of what happened. Like, yeah. this is Chuck's version of the story because also the other thing is a lot of, a lot of, like, the music in that in the live action, like the live action versions in where you see Sam and Dean on your screen is it's a lot softer. It's a lot more subtle. It doesn't feel like the same music design that we've grown used to in terms of like, like the standard music design for Supernatural. Yeah. I I think the concept was good. I think the concept was solid. Like, I think like they made some good decisions in terms of like, you know, making sure that it was something that was, you, you could see coming and making sure that it was, sort of like an outcome that was tied to the rest of the season. But the execution just, I don't know, it just didn't feel like a finale. It didn't feel like, oh, this significant moment of we've just saved the world. And I also hate the fact that you have Chuck's narration and Chuck goes, oh, and Dean and Bobby didn't see each other for a while after that. And I'm like. I hate that part. That part's the most fucked up. So you're telling me that you know like i get that dean's like quit hunting and he's with lisa now which i fucking hate by the way yeah i dislike that that. i dislike that significantly i also hate the fact that they're trying to imply that just because dean's quit hunting means he'd never see bobby again essentially yeah what's up with that they're family dean and sam didn't just go and visit bobby because bobby could help them with supernatural things Mm -mm. they visited him because it was the only home they knew exactly 
on that. Sorry, I've just ranted. Do, do you want to share hey, your opinions on? No, it's great. I also, okay. I also didn't like that he went back to Lisa because mm-hmm. I agreed that Lisa is a very idealized version of a life that Dean has been told that he wants and thinks he should want. And sure, it could make him happy for a time, but it's not what he's looking for and it's not what he needs. So I don't think he should have gone back to Lisa. Absolutely not. I also, it's wild to me that they're like, oh yeah, Lisa, this character that he had like weekend long sex marathon with, visited once, and now she's like somehow the thing that he's focused on, like. Which, okay, yeah, sometimes you convince yourself that you're going to end up somewhere and not being able to reach that hits you a little differently. And so you you focus on an idealized version of the thing you think you're in love with. But you got to be able to look at that objectively and zoom out a little bit and say, okay, well, hey, am I wanting this because I actually want it or I want it because I like feeling cared about? I don't know. It's It's that thing of like, who do you choose? The man who basically raised you or this one random lady who you saw twice? And maybe a kid that's yours. Mm, Which... I will say though, I doubt that Ben is hers. Like I like when I watched The Kids Are Alright, I was a heavy Ben is Dean's son truther. And then the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, no, if Ben was Dean's son, the angels would have used that against him. Absolutely. There is no way in hell that we would know Dean if like in the series, if Ben was Dean's son, we would know because the angels would have used Ben against well, um, Dean, like they use Claire against Cass. The only way I could see them doing something around that is if at some point later it's revealed that God had a block around Ben, you know, like he had some sort of protective. Why would, why would he okay. bother doing hey, that? Like, it's not his problem, you know, like he doesn't really care. So I don't but, know why he would, know, like, but that's the only thing I can think of is that if Ben has some sort of ward around him so the angels don't even know he exists, because Dean's not going to go talk about ben and lisa to the angels but they know about him in some way because lisa shows up in his dreams so mm-hmm. they've got to know something you know i i feel like if ben was biologically dean's son michael would have tricked ben into mm. hosting him and then use that as leverage to get dean to say yes absolutely like, i feel like the re- the way they had to invent adam to basically do that mm-hmm. means that ben is not dean's son yeah i think that tracks i was a very much a big fan of the Ben is Dean's kid theory, but also the angels would have used any option they could have. <laughs> so exactly. Shown that time. And, and time I just again. don't see any reason why the angels wouldn't know. Like they knew about Adam. Yeah. That makes sense. If it is Dean's biological son, then it's like, oh, well, we can leverage that and we can prove that by, you know, possessing him mm-hmm. as angels can. No big deal. <laughs> We're just going to yeah. possess a little child again. No big deal. <laughs> I'm going to possess a kid real quick. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have Castiel attempted child murder and we love him, so it's fine. Yeah, that's true. We'll defend him until the day we die. So, <laughs> okay, okay. We've mm-hmm. got another Pod Squad question. This one comes from August, fellow host of Queering Things. You know, mm-hmm. what twist or plot point surprised you the most and what felt the most insane as a first time watcher? I'm assuming from the whole Kripke era. I'm, I'm assuming so. Like, I'm, yeah. I want to say, in terms of what felt most insane as a first-time watcher, the fact that we watched the one with the Antichrist, is it, I believe the children are our future? Yeah. Jesse. Yeah. And we met Jesse, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, we never do anything with Jesse again. I'm like, what do you mean we never do anything with Jesse again? That is the a most frustrating insane thing. choice. That is the wrong choice, objectively. Like, you've just introduced this character and like, Mike, you introduced this character that could, like, even, here's the thing, even if he didn't come back in Kripke era to be like the solution for Lucifer, but why doesn't he come back later? How do they never bring him back ever? Yeah. like That makes no sense to me. Like he is canonically an ally who's really mm-hmm. quite powerful. Imagine you're, you're sitting down to watch the season eight finale. Oh no, how are the Winchester brothers going to get out of this? Fucking bam, it's Jesse the Antichrist. He's got Remember his con- powers under control. Oh, he's a couple of years older now and he's decided to come out and help. Especially because they, they're talking about the future in the title of the episode. Like the children are our future. So like, yeah, exactly. they've perfectly set up for him to come back mm-hmm. in the future. And you mean to tell me that they don't? They leave this phenomenal plot point hanging and instead mm-hmm. they make other choices that i know are not popular and i'm probably not gonna like i'm i'm both scared and excited to watch season six and seven because that's gamble era and 
based on my opinions, Beth's like, oh, I think you're going to have a different opinion to the fandom. So I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, it's hard to tell sometimes, mm. <laughs> but they've always, they've been hyping up season six and seven as ones that they do not enjoy, but they're concerned mm. that we will. So that's a little bit of pressure. Yeah. See, but to be fair though, Beth is like, I think season six and seven get a bad rap. Like she doesn't like season six and seven. Yeah. But she does think people are harsh on them. So like her opinion's a little softer than most of the general fandom. That's good. Mm. I don't really know what felt the most insane. It was, it was a little wild getting ash in heaven that felt the most gratifying to me see but that's something that i wouldn't think of as insane like i just thought that was very fun i'm like of course like it it was something i didn't expect them to do but Mm -hmm. they did it and i was very excited i i will say though there have been some reveals that i've thought are insane just because i somehow managed to fucking guess them so it's like, I don't know if they're genuinely that insane or it's just the fact that it was like, oh no, like I'd guess Demon Blood like seasons early. Like, okay, I guess nice. Demon Blood really, really fucking early. Like so, and then when we got the actual Demon Blood reveal, I was like, this feels insane because like I've been joking about this for so long. <laughs> Imagine how people felt with Chuck. Yeah. I bet it was um, much worse. It's like that I know, on steroids. I know very few things about future seasons, but one thing that I do know is chuck is god so it's kind of like it's it's kind of sad to be like oh no this is like a reveal that like it was pre-spoiled for me even before we started yeah it was a big thing everybody Mm -hmm. lost their minds about it yeah whereas like i was pretty lucky because like you know i was like eight when it started airing in 2005 i wasn't on the internet yet so i didn't see a lot of like the season one through season five spoilers probably even six or seven like because i joined I joined Tumblr in like 2012, 2013, somewhere in there. So like anything that aired before that, like it was old spoilers. So people weren't really sharing them anymore. Mm-hmm. They yeah. would just assume knowledge, but they weren't like presented in the same way. So I just didn't see any of the real spoilers for Kripke era like I did with some yeah. of the later eras. I saw them in a lot more subtle ways because they assumed you already knew it. So it would show you stuff. And I was like, oh, what, mm-hmm. wait, what was that? It was, and uh, so you'd see it, but it wouldn't make sense. And then you just kind of forget it. Yep. Yeah. Which is great. But if you see now. a post that goes, OMG, Chuck is God. Like, then it's yeah. like, oh, well. There were so many posts where it's like, wow, all these other shows have God as, you know, this mystical, magical being, this, that, that. And Supernatural picked this white guy. The one thing that really sticks out to me when I think about, like, Chuck is God and that is there was this one post that circulated around Tumblr. And it was basically like, okay, so Supernatural can let actual God be by, but Dean Winchester can't. <laughs> It's like, oh, come on, get your priorities in order. You're either one way or the other. Okay, come on. So it's, yeah, like, I don't know. There are some plot points that are just like absolutely batshit bananas. But I think the ones that really feel truly insane to me are the ones where it's like, oh, no, I saw this coming. But like, I also definitely should not have seen this coming. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I made it as a joke. Like, it's a little bit like, you know, the trickster is an angel. Like, it's not <laughs> that insane. It makes perfect sense. But just the fact that I was joking about it for so long prior to it being revealed and then bam bam oh look at and that and then bam i was fucking correct <laughs> makes it feel way more wild than it actually is because like at the end of the day there's actually a reason why i was guessing that like there's a reason why i was getting those vibes yeah you know i wasn't just pulling it out of nowhere i mean i was a little bit but a like, little bit but that's not normal. more than any of my other theories yeah I, I had more evidence to back that than my my theory that Dean was Michael's vessel theory. That's also fair. You've got evidence to back it up. That one, I literally just Googled angels with names and Michael was the top of the list. <laughs> angels with, hey, whatever it takes, you know, detective work yeah, is detective Yeah, because I was like, I feel like they're, they're setting it up for Sam to be Lucifer's vessel, like, like Satan's vessel. And so like, I feel like the, the parallel then is, you know, like Sam is a demon, so dean has to be an angel and i just googled like angels and michael popped up a lot so i was like okay well there we go there you go you're michael now gabriel is the second most common one Mm -hmm. and that's who the trickster ended up being so you know and i definitely heard the name gabe in relation to supernatural before but i just hadn't put two and two together and that's that's where we thrive in that gray area yeah i knew crowley was kind of knowing stuff but not really exactly one of the plot points that really surprised me and i loved was the ghost facers episode the whole effect you know mm-hmm. getting to see the yes. brothers through that lens was very satisfying and i loved that aspect 
it also really adds something to the, like the metatextual analysis of it. Mm-hmm. Like it adds something to like the, you know, Chuck is God thing. Like it adds to the monster at the end of this book thing. Like it just, mm-hmm. it all ties in really nicely together, which I think is some of the more interesting stuff that Supernatural does is when they play with the, you know, meta story within it. Yeah. It's a super interesting. And I would love, I, I know they delve into it more, but I just want that to happen sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, from what I from what I've seen on the interwebs, you might be disappointed because I'm pretty sure that doesn't become like the plot, like the major plot point until like the later seasons, like later, yeah. later. Like I'm talking like 13, era. 15, yeah. 13, 14, 15. Like I'm talking mm-hmm. all the way at the end of the season. Like two years away for us. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Probably more like three. Don't say like that. two and a half, three. So 2027. So we've got roughly four years more worth of podcasting ahead of us. Four and a bit. It'll be easy. No big deal. 52 episodes a year plus. And we're, <laughs> we'll we're five seasons in. We're a third mm-hmm. of the way there. And we've already been at this for fucking two years. We got this. So another four years. We're not going to be completed until 2027. You know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how many of us podcast. Because okay, there's quite a few supernatural podcasts mm-hmm. out there. But it'll yeah. be interesting to see how many of us make it all the way. You know, it's a long show. If, see. Uh, I thought me and Beth were not going to make it all the way. Like going into this, I was like, yeah, there's no way in hell me and Beth are going to finish all 15 seasons of Supernatural. But like the longer we, the longer we like consistently keep going, the more I'm like, maybe we are going to make 15 seasons. And partially because I just want to see what happens. Like not not even that, just like I, it was the sort of pre-plans, the sort of project where me and Beth were fully expecting to record like maybe one, two episodes maybe not even get around to posting them like maybe not even get to the point where we had enough that we felt comfortable like releasing like the trailer and that sort of stuff you know what I mean like yeah and there was a while there where it certainly looked like we were just like too busy with life to actually make this something that was going to happen and now we're here two years later and we're still with a second podcast with a second podcast and we post an episode every single week like I don't think we've ever missed a week on our podcast hell yeah damn and it's just it's, the two of y'all. That's impressive as fuck. And it's just the two of us, yeah. We love that. Mm-hmm. Mad props. I wish good luck to all of my other Supernatural podcasts out there. So I didn't want any of that to come across like we're challenging them. Like, we're going to make it. Are you? Oh, hell no. I'm, I'm going to throw down the gauntlet. Like, come on. <laughs> First this 15, is a challenge. 15 First the 15 go. seasons, like, wins. See, <laughs> the thing that's truly terrifying is I know that Beth has plans to cover the internet seasons afterwards. Ooh. So we're not just doing 15 seasons. We're doing 15 seasons plus the internet seasons. That's so at least terrifying. three seasons worth of internet seasons already. Oh my God, is it really? Well, it really depends on how you classify seasons. But like we're going to cover it all. We're planning on covering like November 5th and the divorce and like, you know, yeah. everything. Okay. I mean, hey, if you're making a supernatural podcast, include all the history. Exactly. Like you can't, you can't cut the narrative short. Damn, call out which actors are shitty in real life. <laughs> Not allowed to do that. You know that I'm bad. <laughs> On this episode, though, I am in control. We can say, no, no, I'm just kidding. We're not going to say big win for the win. I think testies. legitimately Beth would cut. murder me if I poked the bear <laughs> of the fandom and like. Yeah, fucking hate Beth Mark Pellegrino. Eat shit. Beth has worked so hard to make our podcast like a friendly, neutral space where we don't rag on the actors for no reason. Like, we'll yeah. criticise the actors, but we're not going to, like, not going to be just be like, oh, no, we hate this dude. <laughs> yeah. If I then went on a different podcast without Beth and I managed to fuck all of that hard work up, I think she would be very mad at me. She would be not mad, just disappointed. Yeah. Without Beth, who? Who's going to cut out all my big win for the Wincess, these jokes? <laughs> There's no way. it would. They would all air and um, your viewership would decrease and then steadily increase and it would not be the same people no it would not be the people you though know. i did have one particularly salty person on twitter when i said john was a bad parent and then they replied like oh just leave john alone he was a good man and i basically went back well oh, good news he's a fictional character <laughs> he's also a terrible person so and they responded i was going to listen to your podcast but now i'm not going to because you're such like you're so like sensitive or some shit like that and i'm like and you were sensitive enough to turn away from a podcast you threatened to listen to. So like, okay, bye. Because I made a joke about how we should beat John Winchester to death. Like, and Did then they blocked me. <laughs> and then they blocked me on Twitter. Um, it was peak. I was having a great time. I was like, 
is this John Winchester stand seriously like defending John and saying that they were going to listen to us? Like, <laughs> it's probably a good thing they didn't listen to us then because we have had KJ on our show. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard their opinions on John Winchester. I but, uh, have, and I love them very much. Uh, they have some thoughts. <laughs> so I haven't listened to the episode with KJ yet, but I, I'm going to go listen to that. Fair well. warning, the audio quality is hot garbage. <laughs> and that's all Zoom right. did us dirty. Like the zoo, the audio quality is terrible. We've got one more pod squad question. Mm-hmm. This one comes from Sarah. They say, how is Sam back? Do you think Sam would have come back if this was the series finale? Do you think anything would have changed if that was the end of Supernatural? And then we feelings on Dean going mm-hmm. to Lisa. Did you think he would? Do you think he intends to hunt still? We kind of answered the Lisa one already. So Yeah, I feel like we've already answered the Lisa one. And I think we've already kind of half answered the, do you think he intends to hunt still one? I think, no, the intention is yeah. not that he's going to hunt. But I think you can't have a show like Supernatural where someone's just like, I'm quitting hunting and I'm never going back. And then they never no. go back. Like, he's going to go back at some point. He's got something's Something's going to happen where he goes back. You Something's know what I mean? Like, be attracted to the Enochian mm-hmm. on his ribs or something. Uh. Yeah. But I think, I think the answer is like, I don't, unfortunately, I think that the ending still would have been massively similar if, even if they hadn't intended on having a season six. Like, I think, unfortunately, like my issues with the the finale, I think a lot of them would still stand, even if even if they had actually been designed to be the finale, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, Adam would still I think he still would have gone back to Lisa, which I didn't really enjoy. I think it still would have been an underwhelming fight scene. I think the only thing that really would have changed is that you wouldn't have seen Sam lurking outside the window, which that man has one move. <laughs> it is lurking outside of windows he's so tall he's got a loom over yeah. everything this is like the third or fourth time we've seen him lurking outside of windows he's a creepy like he guy. does it a lot it's okay sorry bud and then to answer how is sam back I, I mean in you know mine and beth's discussion episode on this one we sort of already discussed this but yeah. basically like i feel like there's a couple of options that they could go with depending mm-hmm. on their mood you know what i mean like i feel like either sam's back and sam is still lucifer because yeah. You know, somehow Lucifer managed to avoid, like in pulling Michael into Stopped the cage. Stopped on the way down. Yeah, he managed to avoid getting pulled into the cage himself. He sort of shoved Michael in before the cage, like he managed to get into the cage himself. Otherwise, I feel like, because I feel like, I feel like if Sam is back, that basically implies that Lucifer is not in the cage. Because yeah. I don't see any version of events where Sam could have locked Lucifer in the cage and then gotten out himself. Yeah, definitely not. Like if... If Lucifer's not getting out, Sam's not getting out. Yeah, no chance. So he could barely. I feel like, yeah. Move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because if it's Sam in control, that he has no goddamn reason to not go say hi to Dean. His brother is in pain just over there. Go say hi. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of time between the start of the fall and the end, you know, at the cage. I think there yeah. could have been any number of twists and turns that somebody could have finangled their way out of it. And if anybody would, yeah. it'd be Lucifer. And like, because Lucifer's been through this game before. Mm-hmm. He just got he knows, out of it. He knows the road to the cage. Yeah. He knows where to stop to make out with Sam a little bit. <laughs> you know, you know, he's been thinking about all the mistakes that led to him being led there mm. in the first place. So he's like, okay, if I see that, yeah. then I know what to do. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I just don't see any way for it to be like Sam without Lucifer. Like, if that makes sense. Like, I just don't see at any point how. Sam would have kicked Lucifer out yeah, and kicked Lucifer out into the cage. So even if it is actually genuinely Sam, I feel like, I, I feel like Lucifer's still out there somewhere. Like, I feel like if Sam's not in the cage, Lucifer's not in the cage. Which sort of makes it undermine this whole ending because it's like, exactly. yeah, we did this whole thing that we've been building all season two and then nothing actually progressed at mm. all. <laughs> Dean is still denying that he has feelings for Cass. Cass is still believing that heaven knows what's can be up saved. or can mm. be saved yeah and sam is still having issues with lucifer and fighting it alone and bobby is still getting ignored by the boys so it's everybody's in the same exact spot it's a little frustrating i think we should mention kripke originally didn't plan to include angels in the story right that's the story from the first three seasons he want, didn't want angels sarah gamble Longcom. Woohoo! she made it work and then apparently lets us down later. But we'll see. We'll see. But we've got a whole judgment until we've actually watched it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have another one of these episodes at the end of the uh, the Gamble era. Mm. And then we'll pass her judgment. 
But what could Supernatural have looked like without Castiel or Michael or Zachariah or any of the other angels? How could they have even like addressed the Hell's Deal, anything like that? See, I'm like, that's the thing. Like, I just genuinely don't know. Like, and I understand that some of that is like, we never saw the intended ending of season three. And I feel like yeah. the intended ending of season three was going to be the thing where like you start started to see the hints of where it was going in the future. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't understand how you, because like there are, there are plot lines that just don't make sense unless this is where they were planning on going. Yeah. I think the only way they could have made it out of hell, Dean could have made it out of hell in season three is by making some sort of deal to become a demon, you know? Mm. And then he would have had to work his way back to humanity, back to Sam in season Mm. four. But that couldn't have led to where they wanted season five to end anyway. Mm. So I don't know. It all just makes sense with angels. And I mean, you can't really have a whole whole entire show based around ghosts and demons and Mm. spirits of, you know, monsters and shit like that because that implies a whole lot of quote-unquote negative energy and you can't have all the negative without the positive somewhere and that can't just be the boys so they had demons so they needed angels you've got to balance it out somehow also the thing is like even regardless of whether you've got angels or not like the plot line was sort of gearing up to releasing lucifer and lucifer Mm -hmm. like is an angel is an angel like whether whether the show would have decided to make him an angel or not if they hadn't added angels, you've, if you've got Lucifer, you've still got the implication because, like, Lucifer is the angel who fell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, like his whole identity. Got, you've still got that implication of, like, oh, well, he may not be an angel anymore, but, like, yeah. he was at one point an angel. And that means they were there somewhere. That means they were they. But then it's like, oh, were they maybe done, like, an, a, like God and the angels have abandoned Earth sort of storyline? Like, sort of played that one out to, like, the full, rather than just being like, oh, like, Chuck, like, God is gone. Be mm-hmm. like, oh no, God is gone, and so are all the angels. That would have been pretty cool. I feel like in this version of it, where you don't have angels, what they're gearing up for is to like have Sam be like the leader of hell of some sort. Like mm. there, there's some sort of throne there, and they're trying to push Sam onto it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it could have been super interesting if they had leaned on you know biblical mythology as mm-hmm. fake. You know, if they had been building yeah. it up as, oh, yeah, this is all it. But it's it's sort of a prophecy to be fulfilled. And Sam and Dean become mm-hmm. the Michael and the Lucifer. And, you know, that could have because they end up doing something similar to that. But they could have done it in a different way where mm-hmm. they end up creating Christianity in a weird mm-hmm. way. I don't know. That could have been fun. But I really like what they did instead with Castiel and Anna mm-hmm. and Uriel. Zachariah. Zachariah. Lucky boy. Was there was there an episode that stood out over the past five seasons that was just so much fun to you to record? Yeah. So there's definitely episodes that I've like, we've recorded them. I've been like, that was a fucking loss. Like that was so much fun. But it's it's not like if you were to try and guess which episodes they were, you would not guess them. So like I really loved recording playthings. Okay. Yeah. That was such a vibe. Also, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things was so much fun to record <laughs> because of the implications of zombie sex. So there's something really fun about talking about zombie sex. It's weird, but, but it's hey, true. You got to talk about it at some point. Got to talk about it. Some, <laughs> like everyone, like it's like the standard birds and the bees chat. You get there eventually. Exactly. But then I also really love talking about like, there are some really terrible episodes that because they're terrible, they're so much fun to discuss. Yeah. <laughs> like Time Is On My Side, the episode with Dr. Oh, Benton. God. The worst. That was so much fun because we just roasted it. And it's it's genuinely so much fun to roast an episode. Yeah, absolutely. I think besides, okay, 301 was a lot of fun to record because that was the first uh, episode that we did as the Queering Things team, the three of us. It was very, very wholesome, felt great. But I also very much enjoyed Changing Channels, 508. Mm-hmm. because we had oh, that a was thousand chaos. people on and mm-hmm. it was so yeah. much fun having all of our supernatural friends in the same place i do love the fact though that you guys were like mm, yeah so changing channels we're going to have literally everyone in the pod squad on this one mm-hmm. and then me like beth was like no we are having absolutely nobody on changing channels like i had to like <laughs> 
we did a live reaction for changing channels. So Ooh. the whole idea was to listen to me, find out that the trickster was an angel. And so we did Makes a live sense. reaction and I ended up just being like, oh, hey, like KJ August, are you guys hanging around? You've been waiting for this for ages. Do you want to watch changing channels on Zoom with us? And then we <laughs> recorded the Zoom. So we've got like a little cameo in changing channels, but it's That's like. That's so great. Yeah. But like, I know, like, and yeah, also any any collaboration episode is always so much fun to record like I remember we recorded um Fallen Idols with Jen and basically like by the end of that we were like Jizazel it's the new (laughs) shit it's revolutionary it's groundbreaking (laughs) I mean it is and it is everyone should hear it and now that I've heard it it's also horrifying but that's not the point you've got to hear it Jizz Angels Jizazel Jizazel it's worse I love that though. Because we were like every other demon deal. And like we get canon confirmation in the finale that yes, every single demon deal requires you to make out with the demon a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So John made a demon deal with Azazel. Sorry, dog. It's facts. I'm connecting the dots. That's all we're doing. (laughs) That's all we do here. We just connect these gay little dots and we love it. I also very much, uh, our (laughs) 512 swap meet was Mm -hmm. uh, very fun to record because August and I swapped personalities bodies for a while it was a lot of fun to record and i don't know if anybody's gonna even catch it but it's a fun little audio easter egg that we put in there and it's it was fun for us oh that's so fun i haven't listened to that episode of yours because i don't i don't really listen to other people's shows because i'm like conscious of spoilers and i like try to avoid it but like i I might i might have to listen to you swap me because i can't imagine any spoilers being in that episode at all ours are pretty good at steering away from spoilers Mm. Uh, every once in a while i'll be like oh well i know something but i, I mm. usually say something about hey, watch out spoilers maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe it's a spoiler i might have misremembered it who knows the benefit of like our show is like i say a lot of spoilers like all the time but like are they spoilers <laughs> we don't know beth knows but beth's not gonna say yes that's true you know that's false like and so <laughs> anything that comes out of my mouth could be completely incorrect and that's okay like unless i'm talking about the episode that i just watched there's a good chance that whatever's coming out of my mouth is not factually accurate. And that's what we love. That's that's where the podcast thrives because mm-hmm. of those maybes. Don't know. So like I feel, yeah, any any episode where we had a collaboration, it, they're always just more fun to record. Like you get to hang out with your friends. Like I remember we recorded with August for the first time for um, Hollywood Babylon. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was genuinely so much fun. Like we had never met them before. And then we were like, mm, let's just do a marathon Zoom recording. <laughs> and so we ended up being on the Zoom call with them for like six hours. And it was just oh, like, hell yeah. it was the first collaboration we'd ever recorded. Like we were like new friends. Best friends. Like, and mind you, at that point, we were still like, our podcast still had the same name. That was so wild. And starting at yeah. the same time. Mm-hmm. We like literally between recording our like first like two or three episodes and when we planned to release we we because we'd picked the name we did yeah. all our searches we made sure we couldn't find any social media for any other driver picks the podcast we found a single driver picks the podcast that had been active in like back in 2017 2016 that had Way released back. like one episode and then never did anything else so we're like okay mm-hmm. that's fairly safe that's been inactive for yonks and then, so we're like, okay. And so we started recording and then we went to announce it and I, and we put in the announcement post and then we looked at like the tag driver picks the podcast and we discovered <laughs> August podcast and we were like, oh no, <laughs> how the hell in the like two months that it took us to remo- record these couple of episodes, did we manage to go from absolutely no trace on the internet of driver picks the podcast to, oh no, here's this other show that's launching at exactly the same time. It's so wild and it's so funny because now it's resulted in us having such a great connection across two. Yeah, like there's probably, there's a good chance that me and Bethany would not have made it this far if we had not made friends with August. Honestly, like I, I hear that. Because they they introduced us to KJ. They introduced us to like, we, there's a big like supernatural podcast server that has like every supernatural podcast that you can think of. Like uh, everyone's just in there. We probably would have never been invited to that if we didn't meet KJ, but we only met KJ because of August. Yeah. Like August really introduced us to like everyone. Like, yeah, same. Here you go. Like, have some new friends. And we we're like, okay. And then like we recorded and we collaborated with them. And we were like, oh no, like these are like she they're genuinely 
They they are genuinely a good friend now. It's a phenomenal person too. Just a top notch. Incredible. And it's like if we had named our podcast the same things, like I would have never met you. I would have never mm. met Elena. Like oh god, there's a good chance that like we wouldn't have interacted with like Beth and Hannah from Raising mm. Perdition, who are also like incredible, raising like from ah. Raising Winchesters as well. So it's like. And then, like, they've brought in, like, Sarah. So it's, like, it's just insane to me. And it's growing, which is so cool. The sheer number, like, you know, we've got our little pod squad. Like, we're we're a little team. It's, I made that joke. I made the pod squad joke. Like, I called us the pod squad as a joke. And then Like, 18 months ago. Like, it was really early on. And then Beth repeated it. Now it's just, like. Like, that's official. That's it now. (laughs) Thank you. And then so it's so wild to me that, like, we have managed to make so many friends and, like, we have this silly little group chat and, like, we've got the Discord server that is always popping off. I don't understand how anyone keeps up with it. I can't. Okay, you got to just decide which ones you want. You know, you got to look at these threads. These are the ones Mm -hmm. I want and mute everything else because sometimes that's how it's got to be. You can't focus on all of it. It'll drive you crazy. And now it's wild to me because, like, I've also, like, it's really interesting because I can like, you know, I've never, I've been in fandoms for a long time. Like I was in the Percy Jackson fandom for years, but I never created anything. I was just like a Tumblr blog. I was just reblogging. I was just sort of interacting with other people's work. I never created anything on my own. I very rarely like actually interacted in a way that invited discussion. So like mm-hmm. I made no friends in that fandom. I was in that fandom for like, I want to say like five years, something like that. Like I was in Percy Jackson fandom for a long time. It was my first fandom ever. Like oh, yeah. I was in it for so long. So it's it's wild to me now that we get like, you know, when we first started, like when we were like probably mid to late season one, we already had people being like, oh, you're the girl who hates the lighting. And I'm like, <laughs> people, people know who I am. Like I have a thing in this fandom where it's like, oh no, I recognize you for this specific thing. That's so, so it's cool. like, yeah, it's, it's really wild. Now it's like, Psychic Jamie is like a really long running mm-hmm. joke. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sarah Gamble long con, I think, mm-hmm. is my most valuable con- contribution to fandom to date. Like, yeah, not to rub my, pat my own back, but like, I really went off with that one. Two, two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that one, I don't have anything that's that signature for mine, mm-hmm. you know? Not that I'm aware of yet. They might be gaslighting me about it. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, you'll get there. I'll get there, you know? I, f- I feel like your Bo- Bobby Stan is like the the thing that I've heard most frequently about Bobby you. Stan and the fact yeah. that I can connect actors to psych <laughs> in a drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. That's basically my shtick, you know. You know, you've got to find a niche and really exploit it. Yeah, and that's that's what we do. That's what we do mm-hmm. here. Okay, I have one question for you. Yeah, I feel like you've been asking me questions, and I've been talking a lot. So, like, let let me let me ask you a question. Oh God. Given the five seasons of Kripke era, do you think on the whole it was a net good show or a net bad? Like, where do you fall on the Ooh. spectrum? How do you think Kripke era as a whole, how do you think it rates if it when ended you're here? thinking about like, yeah, and like storytelling and like plot beats and like how how do you think they did with the overarching plot? Like, do you have any questions that like are remaining unanswered from this finale? Other than the obvious, like what the fuck Sam doing there? Being yeah, alone? yeah. I do feel like there's a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of this world that they left unexplored because mm-hmm. they leave that's, they leave so many threads hanging constantly. Mm-hmm. That's just sort of their, we have the lost cannon jar that, that catches mm-hmm. that. But if it ended here, I don't know if I would say it's a great show. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's a bad show because of how strong the last two seasons specifically and mm-hmm. partially the third season are. I, re- I like the third season. It's not as strong as the last two, but seasons mm-hmm. one and two are struggling so i yeah. if this is where it ended it's overall it's not the top it's not good but it's Daredevil. also not bad it's just it's fine it's a yeah. tv show it's a tv show i'd watch it i don't know if i would watch it five times you know maybe a you second haven't time gotten, it hasn't really hooked in with the brain ones yet yeah it's really gotten me but if this is where it ended i would be like oh well you could be like okay i watched that like Check it off the like to watch list, probably not would, revisit it. I would watch a sequel series, you know, like if, if it mm-hmm. ended here and they picked up a show in a couple of years with Bobby following. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, obviously I'd watch a show about Bobby. <laughs> I'm sorry. Obviously, clearly. If it was somebody else, a different hunter in this world. I would probably still mm-hmm. watch that show because I really like the world that it explored, mm-hmm. even if the story itself ended here, you know, mm-hmm. but seeing how it continues, I am curious to see how I feel about the eras overall. I, I mean, I mm-hmm. liked this era. Because I really like the characters. So I'm not saying that the show is bad. 
the characters are great, but there's too much inconsistency with how they're written for me to say that it's a great character-driven show. You can really feel like the the war in the writer's room a little bit mm, with the characterization. Yeah. Like one person being like, oh, no, my version of this character is correct. Oh, no, yeah. my version of this character is correct. Oh, no, this is actually how he'd react. Like it, you can very much feel like everyone had conflicting, yeah. like everyone had conflicting opinions. Not the best way to run the show, and that comes across. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, we have a leverage show, and it's wild to me because somehow Beth has managed to pick up that there's this one writer that writes Elliot in a way that she doesn't like. Mm. And it's like, like every everything fifth else, episode. like she hasn't noticed anything else about the writing specifically in writers, but she was like, mm, I didn't really like Elliot's, Elliot's characterization in this one. And then like three or four episodes later, she was like, mm, I didn't really like Elliot's characterization in this one. And she said it like one more time, and we like looked back. And it was like, oh, no, like specifically the episodes that that dude had written, she yeah. just didn't like Elliot's characterization. So it's like, it's interesting that like even when you've got so much experience with Supernatural and you're actually looking for this sort of stuff, you can start to see it yeah. in other shows that are more like, I would say the writer's room is more tightly controlled in terms of actually what makes it on screen. Yeah, it doesn't take much to be a step ahead of the Supernatural writer's room in that regard. No, no, no. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Other, other writer's rooms, you can notice it. But it's very, very subtle. It's a very, it's a very subtle. The Supernatural Writers Room put a fucking big billboard that was like, <laughs> this is what I want to do. They said, in this episode, Dean is looking at Cass the entire time. In this one, mm-hmm. we're going to have him talk about women in a mm-hmm. terrible way. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. In okay, this episode, we've decided that John was a neglectful bastard. <laughs> but then the next episode, oh, maybe John wasn't so bad. Maybe the brothers forgive him. In the next mm-hmm. episode... Dean's mad again, and it's because of his daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Okay. And maybe the next episode, we're going to show John just straight up abandoning them as children, but it's fine because John was a good dude. And it's fine because we needed to introduce this babysitter. It's okay. Don't it's worry okay. about it. Yeah. Time yeah. travel back and apologize to him. What? Mm-hmm. No. The inconsistencies is really the problem yeah. I have with the show. If it mm-hmm. wasn't, if it was just a little bit more cohesive, yeah. it'd be fine. I think one of the things that like I've said before, and I think I stand by it, is you can tell that this was Eric Kripke's first big show that he was showrunner on. Mm, You can see that he had limited experience as showrunner going into this because just the inconsistency across the season as a whole, like, and obviously I don't want to say, like, this is not me saying that he's a bad showrunner. It's just you can tell that this is the first major project that he pitched, created, and showrun on. Because theoretically, if your showrunner is more experienced, if they're, you know, able, they're going to be able to control their writer's room more cohesively, the storylines and characterization are going to be more cohesive. Yeah. So I think what it boils down to is, yeah, that he was just inexperienced and didn't really know how to control the writer's room. So the writer's room did control him a little bit. Yeah, which it made for some interesting TV, but hey, Mm -hmm. let's not do it again. (laughs) We're right. I mean, and from what we've seen of the boys so far, he's been doing better with his newer mm-hmm. ones. I'm very excited to see where Sarah Gamble takes us. Yes. Putting on my tin hat for the Sarah Gamble long con. <laughs> this is it. You're about to get proven right or disappointed. Well, completely wrong. There are two options here. <laughs> that we're aware of. There's a third option mm-hmm. where we, I don't know, where maybe something. Where really Sarah happens. Gamble gets drunk on the power and everything goes to shit. <laughs> everything goes to shit. Uh, it's also very likely. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see. And I don't know what a good exit line is. That's all we have for you today. The way me and Beth normally do it doesn't really apply here. Normally we're like, oh, that was all my notes. Like I'm tapped out. Like I'm all good to go. This one's like, oh, well, we we could theoretically talk for like another two hours. But that is (laughs) going to make it worse for you to edit. Yeah. We've and already gotten so severely off topic already today. Maybe viewers don't want to listen to that. And uh, yeah. you know, we don't want to disappoint them too much mm-hmm. more than we already have. But thank you so much, Jamie, for coming on today. It was an absolute blast. Look, I tried to rein in the chaos a little. Like I, you know, I appropriate levels of chaos. You've got to do everything in moderation. I think this is our sign that maybe having somebody on who... <laughs> does know the show is a little bit better because we can make them uncomfortable if we're bouncing off of them it's a little Mm -hmm. bit easier if it's just us we get calmer yeah we we, we chill out a little bit we're like "Mm, we're not trying to torture anyone actively today (laughs) that's where we need the energy yeah that that makes a little sense should have just had beth like muted in a zoom screen to the side okay yes that would be great if we're we can not hear them but we can see them and so they can can, just talk to each other 
Oh, I mean, be- we could theoretically hear them, but you just like in the actual audio of it, you just delete their entire audio <laughs> track. <laughs> that would be extra fun because then we're just talking to silence and the, the listener can jump in. Yeah, you yeah. dumbasses, just end the episode already. See, I'm a terrible podcaster. Like we should have the outro and stuff all down pat. And <laughs> me and Beth, I, it had to be like mid-season one. We were like, we need an actual outro. That never happened. No. Every single one of our episodes ends with us going, um, oh. that's it. Bye. It's so good. Oh my God. You, you should, I mean, it's not that you need one. It's been working without it. It's fun. I feel like at this point it's too late. Yeah. You can't change it after season five. You no. can only adjust things. You can't make huge mm. changes. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the era is the time to do it if you wanted mm. to. Pivot the podcast completely. <laughs> I think that's the solution. I think so. Speaking <laughs> of pivoting completely, where can people oh, find wow. you and your many, many talented works on the internet? I am, you know, chronically online. So you can <laughs> find me in so, literally so many places. I have two different Twitter accounts. So I run the main oh. Driver Peaks podcast Twitter account. So I'm Driver Peaks Pod. So you've maybe seen me creating some chaos over there. Not so much lately because Twitter's kind of dead. Also have a personal Twitter at Jamie from the pod. I then also run our leverage social medias on Tumblr. We've also got a Discord channel. We've got so many things. You can also listen to us talk about Supernatural for objectively too many hours. <laughs> In the best way. We have at least 100 hours worth of content on Supernatural that you could listen to if you really want so to. So far. That's just now. So far. That's Here just now. There is 2023. And that's just what we've released. Oh, yeah. We've got mm-hmm. more content coming. We're constantly posting. You're more than welcome to follow us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple. We are in literally so many places. Uh, just search Driver Picks the Podcast and you will find us. Or you might find some antique links to saving people clearing things. Hey, you know, we, we've tried to clean those all up. But if you do, it'll find your way back to the pod squad mm-hmm. either way. So it yeah. works out. But you can make sure you're subscribed to Saving People Querying Things and Driver Picks the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find links to the Saving People Querying Things social media and our Discord server through our website, queeringthingspodcast.com. Also out now, Querying People Saving Throws. Our main crew, along with KJ of Supernatural Opinions, taking a dive into a queer D&D adventure releasing every other Friday right here on our feed. Tune in next week for a spectacular episode full of lots of loving debate and character examination slash appreciation. It's season five awards time. Thank you all for coming along for the ride and we wish you a peaceful road until we meet again. See, look at that. We did it and it wasn't too bad. Wasn't too chaotic. And now you get the joy of editing this. Woohoo!